This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Let's roll. We have a fantastic guest coming up on Friday. If you're excited about the Many Saints of Newark, I think they're calling it, mm-hmm. the, the movie, The Sopranos prequel, on Friday we're going to talk to a cop who was embedded with the real crime family that The Sopranos is based on. Dude, you know, I might opt out on this one and pretend like I'm not involved because I feel like this is dangerous. I can't believe you're just willingly, willy-nilly going to talk to someone who's, and I quote, embedded in, in that. Uh, you know what? You and and the lovely Dave Blizzard, who celebrates a birthday today, by the way, will m- might have to just, I'm not, I don't want to be implicated in this. Yeah, I mean, I firmly believe you don't mess with the mob, you don't mess with bikers, you don't mess with hackers. Those ones, nope, they're good. And this is a little bit uh, of a sensitive subject, but we're going to get deep into the mafia on Friday during After 9. <clears throat> uh, there is a book about this, by the way, and we'll give the book some promo as we get closer to it. Basically, he's going to talk about the De Cavalcante family, I think it is. That is the criminal organization known as The Real Sopranos. Okay. So it'll be good. Friday. Uh, holy shit, cat! So much to talk about. In this episode, New Zealand, who has been one that a lot of virtue signaling people have pointed to throughout the pandemic. They are the gold standard. We got to do it the way New Zealand's doing it to fight COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just changed to the exact same strategy that most of the rest of the world has. They've now realized... COVID zero is not even possible. So they're going to learn to live with COVID. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that, I mean, it's realistic that you, it is more realistic. Yes, absolutely. And you're right. COVID COVID zero is a, a lovely thought. I mean, gosh, sure. I, I wish it was a thing. I wish that we could make it a thing. And maybe one day a long, long time from now, it might be a thing, but not now. Yeah. We're also going to talk about asymptomatic testing in schools because Dr. Frickin' Moore there uh, gave a news conference this morning, and he's very disappointed in you teachers. You teachers. On World Teacher Day. So we'll tell you why, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Disney World. They just celebrated their 50th anniversary, and a a TikTok caught my eye the other day that I want to play for you. So we'll get to all that and more coming up on this episode of After 9. First, was that a hack yesterday on Facebook, or was it really as innocent as they want us to think it is just a a technical glitch like somebody tripped over a fucking cord in zuckerberg's office Mm -mm. or something like that do you realize that you jeopardized the entire company do you realize that your actions could have permanently destroyed everything i've been working on we have been working on. without money the site can't function okay let me tell you the difference between facebook and everybody else we don't crash ever if the servers are down for even a day our entire reputation is irreversibly destroyed so i think neither i think it wasn't a technical glitch, and I think it wasn't a hack, but I do believe it might have been a decision 
by Facebook. Now, why would they do that, though? Because that's a lot of money lost. For those that don't know the numbers, they lost about 60 million bucks with what went down plus and then some with what went down yesterday in revenue. And that is a lot of money. I mean, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's net worth, went, net worth, they say, went down about $7 billion. So why would you do that to yourself? I don't know. It just, to me, it seems very coincidental that we had that 60-minute special that you and I just talked about yesterday on the podcast. A whistleblower, a former employee, coming to light with information. She says evidence, in fact, that she plans to present to Congress today against Facebook. So I found it very coincidental that all of this was down. So we had no way of knowing what was potentially taken off of Facebook, potentially placed into Facebook, uh, cleared of certain things. I don't know. I'm just saying it's a coincidence, Scott, a very, very sketchy one. It is a very sketchy coincidence. So I'll tell you what was going through my head. At first I thought, yeah, yeah, whatever. Every couple of months, Facebook goes down for a bit. But this was the long one. This one went on for a while. And then I read from one of the tech bloggers at the New York Times that they had been in contact with a Facebook employee in California who said that the staff's key cards weren't working. They couldn't even get in the building to assess the extent of this outage. That's pretty fucking sinister, right? Like, not only does Facebook go down, all their other brands like Instagram and WhatsApp go down. And the staff are locked out of the building. Yeah. So I I was just going to say what went through my mind instantly yesterday when I started connecting those dots was we're at war. I thought, okay, this is how it begins. This is the cyber war that has been threatened and rumored for a long time. Because when uh, an enemy force invades, the first thing they do is take out the opposition's communication. And without Facebook, without Instagram, it was an easy target without WhatsApp that really limits our ability to communicate with each other because we haven't done it the other way in a long time. There's people that I have on Facebook only. I had no way of reaching them yesterday, mainly contacts for the show. But yeah, when I wanted to reach out to an expert yesterday, I couldn't even do that. It really did take out a lot of people yesterday. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I don't I don't know much about it. Obviously, I'm not I'm not in that line of work. I'm not in IT. I wouldn't even call myself very good at it. Um, but what I will say is, I don't know why it has to all be on one network. And maybe they felt like it was a secure enough network. That's why they housed everything. That's why all of the information was there. That's why you got Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Messenger. That's why you also got all of the uh, com- employees, um, I assume, information based on the key card uh, revelation was all on one server. Would they not think about maybe separating it? Because although it seems like it's all secure because it's on one and we can track this and it's very easy to, to to handle if it's on one. But then something like this pops up. Does it not make them go, maybe we should separate this? Like maybe we should have the employee stuff on a separate server. I don't know how it works. But that seemed strange to me that it was everything on one and, and it, in hours and hours. How could it be that bad that it takes hours? I mean, civil reboot should have worked. No. <laughs> You'd think, right? You turn it off and turn it back on again. I know it's complex. I know we're talking about billions and billions of user profiles between the platforms. I mean, billions and billions of people. So it's not that easy. I do understand that. However, again, I go back to something doesn't add up to me for this to be happening for that amount of time. And in case you're wondering what Mark Zuckerberg had to say, 
he, it was an apology yesterday. He apologized on Facebook when it when it came back up again. He said, "Hey guys, sorry about that. That was that was kind of crappy, kind of deal." And that was it. No explanation. No, you know, we'll update you guys further soon. It's a very secretive. It's a very secretive group, and he tends to be that way. And even when we've seen him before uh, in a courtroom. It seems like he's not telling us everything. I'll be honest with you. Like, I just, I get a vibe from him that's, he's not, he's got a poker face too. And he's not going to tell us. Maybe we're going to be able to find out. Maybe not. But it does seem sketchy. It certainly does, Kat. And and listen, when it comes to Facebook, I'm all for the government staying out of the affairs of private businesses. But frankly, at this point, Facebook has made all of our business their business. And now... The government has a right to get involved here because there's so many widespread implications. I mean, aside from everything, and there were horrible things that that whistleblower talked about on 60 Minutes about how Facebook is profiting off of dividing us, about how Facebook is profiting from young women and girls developing eating disorders and and having a horrible body image because of Instagram. All that came out in the 60 Minutes interview. Aside from all of that, though, they really are a form of communication that we rely on. I almost think, and maybe I do think this, and I just haven't finished off the thought, that maybe it's time for the government to step in and say, you're going to run this company a certain way, and that's all there is to it, or we're breaking you up. We're going to consider you in that category of too big to fail, so we're splitting you up. There's going to be Facebook. Instagram is going to be a completely separate company with a completely separate board of directors. WhatsApp will be a completely separate company from that with a completely separate board of directors. Maybe it should be three different companies. At the absolute least, get the goddamn thing on three different servers. That was ridiculous <laughs> well, yesterday. It, and is that because you think maybe they have too much power? I mean, did yesterday not make a lot of people realize? And it's been said before. Don't get me wrong. I know it's been said many a time. But it did make you realize that's a lot of power. Way too for much power. one, basically one person, but one company. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was, uh, I don't know if we'll ever know the truth, but I really do think we should be told the truth because it's a matter of public interest now. And, and you know what? Facebook has no one to blame for that but themselves. They wanted to have this level of intimacy and involvement in our lives. Now they've got it. Mm-hmm. And that means the government has a right to get involved here. And frankly, for the greater good, I think they should. Mark Zuckerberg should be testifying daily in front of Congress until we find out some answers. Yeah. And it should be under oath, Mark, just so you know. And and, I mean, you mentioned public interest. Yeah, but no, personal. There's personal involved here, too. They have all of our information. We have a right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Switching gears here. Yesterday, the speech from the throne came down in Ontario. It was a really weird speech from the throne because it didn't really do anything new. Usually, a speech from the throne is to lay out the government's agenda for the next session of the legislature. Well, in this case, they spent a lot of time talking about what they've already done, promising things that they've already promised, and it didn't say a word about childcare or education. Fuck you, Doug! Which makes a lot of people wonder, is education even a priority at all for this government? Uh, are we doing the $10 a day child care? Because you'd think if that was a priority, it would have been in the throne speech, but not a single word about it. Hmm. It was bizarre. And then Doug picked up and left right away. He didn't answer any questions from the, the Queens Park media. 
He went up to Timmins because who's this fucker? George Peary has now been named the candidate for the Ontario PC party in next June's election. I don't know anything about George. I do know that the premier right after the throne speech didn't have to book it up to Timmins to unveil this guy. That was a pretty convenient excuse to get him out of Toronto and away from the Toronto media. So all I know is George, if you're a candidate, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess you're probably an absolute champion. You are probably working your back off and there's probably a 50, 50 chance you own a Tim Hortons franchise. That's my guess about George. Yeah. Fuck you, Doug. <laughs> it gives me free cookies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you give me a small cookie. Nom, I'm nom, like, nom, fuck, nom. you want to run? Let's do this. <laughs> Doug. Uh, today is the first question period, and apparently the premier is not going to be there. Yeah. He's skipping day one of the new session Yeah, that he asked for. Yeah, it's, it's astounding, Kat. Uh, but this morning, the eyes are on Dr. Kieran Moore. I know that some people don't have any problem with this, and that's probably okay. I've been looking at your comments on Facebook this morning, but some people do have a big problem with this. Dr. Kieran Moore has announced that they are going to start doing asymptomatic testing in schools. They are going to start going into certain areas, maybe where COVID infections are a little bit higher than in others, and they're going to do asymptomatic testing randomly on kids in schools to try and get a sense of how many cases are really out there. They call it surveillance testing. Here's the thing. I don't know if Kieran remembers, Dr. Kieran, sorry, but he was the one who said asymptomatic surveillance testing in schools is not recommended because Mm -hmm. it's not an effective tool. Mm -hmm. Well... Yeah, I mean, yeah, things things do change. That's fine. But I have a lot of questions about this. I mean, I have a lot of issues with it, too, but I have a lot of questions. What do you want to know? Well, first of all, I don't see them just willy-nilly randomly selecting kids to take a COVID test. I, I don't see that. There's going to be too many issues with that. Parents aren't going to be okay with it. And who's administering it? What kind of resources do you have now all of a sudden when you've been, like, apparently slim pickings for, for a long time to administer this? You expect the teachers to do it? They're not. They're not professionals in the healthcare field. They shouldn't have to do it. Who's doing it? Yeah, who's doing it? And, and what's the end game here? Like, if they go in and they say, oh, yep, a lot of cases here, shut her down. I mean, we didn't know there was a problem until we did the testing. And if there wouldn't have been a problem or wasn't a problem anyway, is this really the best idea? Plus, I go back to that, that infamous news conference that Dr. Barbara Yaffe did last summer when she said, when you do asymptomatic testing in an area with low infection rates, it produces a lot of false positives. Yeah, that scares me too, Scott. That scares so, me too. I mean, if they're just going to walk into a school and randomly pick, like, say, 15 kids, we want two grade twos and we want one grade three and four grade sixes and let's let's get it up to 15 we're gonna test them all so what how many is it if four of those come back positive they have to go for a pcr test or are you just gonna say whoa there's covid here shut the fucker down yeah see i don't see that and we so far it's been good like so far it's been good we are about a month in now 
and it's been good. So I'm not sure if this is just going to m- make things worse. I'm wor- I worry it's just going to make things worse, quite honestly. I'm not a big fan of, and I know we don't understand what, what the plan is. We don't know what the plan is. Perhaps it's going to be like you said, um, but they need permission. Like, regardless, you need permission before you do something to a child. Like, I mean, I have a four-year-old, for example. I have a lot of issues, a lot of issues with it. If they just, like, plucked some kids out of a class and my kid was one of them, she's never had a test before. And I want to be present for that, thank you very much. You have to tell me. You can't just do that. You won't. They won't. But let's say, okay, just to be safe, because there are people who are protesting in schools and they want this. Uh, okay, I-, I get it. So why don't we do it so that letters are sent home, you know, via online to the parents. Hey, we, we'd love to get a volunteer child from each class. You do it on your own, though, and you tell us, you show us the results. And we're going to do this monthly. We'll rotate the kids in each class just to make sure that we keep on top of it. Is that not enough? I would think it's enough. I would hope that parents need to consent to this. They're taking your child's DNA and they're taking it to a lab somewhere. What are they doing with that? Does it get destroyed afterwards? Does anybody care? I don't know. I think that's kind of a weird thing that some stranger went to visit my kid at school, made them spit in a cup or stuck a Q-tip up their nose and then took it somewhere. And I have no idea what. I'm not not a fan. I'm not a fan of that at all. I'm not against testing in general, but I'm not a fan of that. So I, I really hope that's not the case. I don't see it because I think there'd be a lot of outrage. Maybe that's what they want. I don't know, but I don't see it happening. Well, I did ask the question on the Scott and Cat Facebook page today. Question for parents. Are you okay with your kid being tested at school without your knowledge? Let me read you a couple of comments. From Tracy. I don't see the issue. From Magda. I don't really care about a test, but honestly, when does this stop? Kendra says, nope, I have these tests at home. And if I wanted to test my kids, I would do it myself. Trevor says, it's a test. Chill, people. Then the dissension comes in. Stacy. Uh, no, Caitlin. Absolutely not. Marlene. No way. Pamela. What the fuck? No. Mario. Fuck no. Kelly. Hell no. Come near my kid with a swab and you'll be wishing COVID killed you. <laughs> Ooh, fuck. Yeah, I get the passion. I get it. Last thing on this. This morning, also coming at a Dr. Moore's news conference, he said he's very disappointed that only 80% of school staff are vaccinated. That came out yesterday from the education minister. 80% are vaccinated. Now, that's roughly how many of the regular population are vaccinated. So it makes sense statistically. But I do distinctly remember a whole year of complaining about PPE and worry about COVID and, and shut down the schools. We all went through that. Apparently, it was very, very dangerous to be in the schools. I still kind of think it is, to be honest with you, but that's just me. What happened to that? If it was that big a concern, how are only 80% vaccinated? I would have thought that in that situation, it would have been much higher than 80%. Mm -hmm. I would have thought, okay, these are educators. They're in close proximity to a group that is often infected, but asymptomatically. They want to protect themselves. Sure, they should get the vaccine. Eight and ten did. They say, by the way, they had to attest to it. I don't think it's like a restaurant where people are actually checking. So I don't even know if it is 80 percent. But even if it is, Dr. Moore says not good enough. Not happy with that.
He's disappointed in you teachers. And that story fully vaxxed or is that half vaxxed? Like, cause there are some who did get it right before school started and, and maybe they're not uh, at this point eligible yet for that second or they have the second booked. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that truthfully. And I did not see the education minister's news conference yesterday. I do know that Dr. Moore wants to see that number much higher. And of course, he, if he wants to, has the power to make it mandatory. Some boards have already done that. It's not required province-wide because there is the option to get a rapid test a couple of times a week. And if it comes negative, you just go to school like everybody else who is vaccinated. Uh, One more thing on this actually just occurred to me. Yesterday, the leader of the official opposition in Ontario, Andrea Horvath of the New Democratic Party, she had a point, and I don't know if it's a point. Maybe there's something here. She said medical exemptions for COVID-19 are supposed to be extremely rare. Even Dr. Moore has said there are very few exemptions that could or should be given to somebody to get them out of getting the shot. Andrea finds it a little weird that out of 70 PC caucus members, two out of those 70 have got medical exemptions. Hmm. Is that weird? Because statistically, that is a bit of an anomaly, isn't it? Is it our right to know what those exemptions are? Is it, uh, is it our right to out who those people are and find out more information? Or is that... I don't know if we're allowed to ask. Yeah. Now, we do know that there are a lot of doctors out there who will write a note for anything you ask them to. You pay your money and you'll get your note. I don't know if that's what happened here or not. But one thing that did come out of Dr. Moore's news conference this morning is he said the government is going to try and better educate nurses and doctors about medical exemptions to vaccines. Forms should document exact exemption and for how long, plus include the information about the physician. I have to assume that at some point, somebody is going to go through these medical exemptions that are being produced here and and assess them on whether or not, yeah, that was a good exemption or no, that's not an exemption. That's not an excuse to be exempt. I don't know who would do it, but I have to assume that's coming at some point. I would think an audit, if you will. Okay, let's move on from this because there's a few other things I want to tackle today. Disney World just turned 50. Have you been to the Magic Kingdom? I think you have, right? I have not. You've never been to the Magic Kingdom. (gasps) I know. I always opted for Universal because I knew I was going to have kids and I would take Uh, them to the Magic Kingdom. So I felt like Universal was more like up to my speed at the time. (laughs) That's what I did. I, uh, I've taken my kids many times to Disney World because it really is worth it to me. It, it's not a cheap vacation by any means. But the look on your kids' faces when they see Cinderella in person or when they see... Elsa. It, our, our Cinderella is Elsa. They don't really know Cinderella. Ah, uh, okay. So when they see Elsa in person or when they meet Olaf in person or uh who's the moana it could be uh any number of them right yeah sure so apparently disney's got a policy and this is part of their commitment to customer service they don't want their staff to say no if you walk up and ask a princess hey can i have an autograph it doesn't matter how bad a day you're having the answer is always yes can you tell me uh where the parade is You answered their question. You have to be there for customer service. And Disney says no is a bad word. As it turns out, and we learned this from a video on TikTok, 
from a girl who plays various characters at Disney World. She's an actual Disney princess. Apparently, some horny guys are trying to slip their hotel room key to the, the, the princesses. Some horny fucker walking around Disney World wants Tinkerbell to come over and meet him after uh, her day at work. That's a little inappropriate. I'm going to say picking up a, a woman who's there to entertain kids. Are we surprised? And inviting her back to your hotel room. I'm sorry. Are you surprised? A little bit. Are I people? thought there's got to be some boundaries here. Oh, Certain no. places and people we don't try and hit on. No, absolutely not. Not surprised one bit. Uh, not one bit. I mean, and and here we go. This might not surprise many people either, but I know she said that uh, many, many a time these were like married men there with their family, which I'm trying to put two and two together there. Like, what hotel room are you trying to bring Tinkerbell to? If yeah, are you fam- trying to hook up a threesome or are you <laughs> planning on divorcing your wife in an hour? <laughs> like, what, what angle are you working with? And where's the bar that you went to? <laughs> what bar did you go to before you tried to do this? But no, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me at all. Let's hear from the princess. This is a unique question because I feel like if dudes are going to be creeps and hit on you, they're going to hit on you whether or not you're a character or not. But there are many moments, especially as Tinkerbell, when I had men, married men, hand me keys to their hotel room and tell me where they were staying. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, we're crossing some boundaries yeah. here, guys. You're there with your fucking kids and family. That's not the place to try and hook up a threesome with Tinkerbell. Crossing some boundaries. Yeah, it's downright gross, man. It is. It's a it's a kid's place. Like you're, And I know, yeah, it's for everyone. Fine. It's not for that. And by the way, what do you think? They're allowed to take that outfit home with them? I don't think that they do. So I think you'd be shit out of luck when next thing you know, Tinkerbell's not Tinkerbell anymore. She's back into the dumpster she goes after she, t- <laughs> after she takes off her Tinkerbell outfit, lets down her hair a little bit, rubs off the makeup. Oh, fuck. You don't look anything like Tinkerbell without your makeup Wait, on. Why don't you just ask your significant other to dress like Tinkerbell? Is that the problem? Is that you have like a you have like a fetish for, you know, a Snow White or a Tinkerbell or a, a, a Mulan or I don't fucking know what you're, you like? And and your significant other won't fulfill it because I bet you, you know, maybe if you tried a little bit harder in that relationship, they would. But no, you got to be a prick. Now, I'm trying to think from her perspective, from a Disney princess perspective. A lot of women have been here before. They're hit on. They're not interested at all. But they need to be polite in a certain circumstance. Right. Maybe that's because it is um, someone that you work with or someone that a client of yours or it could be any number of reasons why you don't want to completely Screw that relationship up. I think a lot of women have been there, Scott. So this is no different. You have to find a way around it. Uh, A tactic that you can use to sway the conversation elsewhere or joke around and and get away from that. And that's probably what most of them will do. That's what you end up doing. It's sad you even have to think about it, but I'm sure she's thought about it many a times as to what she's got to say. Because no, it's not true that they have to say yes to everything and they can't say no. But they usually... I, I do it politely, I'm sure, which isn't cool, by the way. I'd love no. to kick that fucking prick in his testicles with my Tinkerbell goddamn high heels, but she's not going to do it. I'm, so what do you do? Okay, hey, we had a fun day at Disney, but we're all hot and sweaty and sunburnt and... Oh, it's the door. Oh, shit, it's Tinkerbell. Honey, um, here's the thing... I was thinking that we could fucking get it on with Tinkerbell tonight. She's here. What do you think? The kids are there like, Tinkerbell, this is awesome. What a great gift, Dad. 
Well, it's not a gift for you. No, um, do you want to hear one of the tactics that was, that's been used before? I was always caught really off guard when people would do this. So usually if I was having an issue, I would divert them to my character attendant because no is not in your vocabulary. You have to find ways around no. Like Tinkerbell, can you fly for us? Well, Fairy Mary wouldn't like it because then I wouldn't have enough pixie dust to get back to the mainland. Usually divert the attention to the character attendant and they will take care of the creepy dads for you. <laughs> hey, creepy dad, I don't have enough pixie dust in the world to want to sleep with you. I could, I could take so much pixie dust to the face, take shots of it. Oh, I could down that all night. <laughs> and I still wouldn't want to fuck you. So why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> uh, I do want to play something else for you. She's 25 years old. Her tight jean shorts gave her an eight-hour wedgie. Oh. It turned into a sore backside, which got infected. And oh. sent her to the ICU oh with cellulitis and sepsis. Wow. Her jean shorts were so tight, she developed a skin infection and sepsis, a life-threatening response the body has to an infection. She spent four days in intensive care. Doctors almost had to cut off part of her butt that got infected. Oh. And she's still recovering. Is her name Daisy Duke? <laughs> uh, you can hear her talking about it. If any of you remember, in 2017, there was a really popular shore by one teaspoon. So expensive, but I saved up and I bought them half off on Poshmark. I thought they were the coolest shorts ever. And of course, like my whole ass is out. So what happened is I was wearing boy shore underwear and the material kept clumping up. And I kept picking my wedgies. And at some point I was like having fun. I didn't really care. So we went to brunch. Then we watched New Girl for so long. And then we went to dinner and we went to a comedy show that night. So yes, it was a full day. I did not know that jean shorts and an eight hour wedgie could almost kill you. Wow. 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 I had no idea either. That's that that's intense. Yeah. I, I again, I was in shock when I read the headline. I had to read the story and sure enough, it almost fucking killed her. But uh, is it worth it? Was it worth it? You look fucking good probably. But was it worth it? I don't know. No. What do you mean I don't know? The answer is absolutely not. Okay, but just as easily as it happened, it could have just as easily not happened. I mean, I'm sure lots of people wear pants that are too tight. And they don't develop a massive septic infection. So, I mean, she rolled the dice and lost. She probably felt fucking good when she was walking around in them. Or would you? I don't know. People wear this stuff and it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's like the high heels thing. Yes. Yes. It's I was thinking of that too. Stilettos, tall suit. Absolutely. They look so great on you, ladies. They do. But they hurt you. And I hate that you're in pain to look good. Yeah. I have to think these shorts were the same thing, right? Uh, very similar. That's exactly it. It's, you know, when you feel like your ankle's going to, like, break off, snap off. It's, similarly, I'm sure she felt like her ass was going to fall off. When you're, when you're wearing something for the sake of beauty and good looks, you do tend to realize it for yourself after the first couple of hours of being like, this is actually pretty uncomfortable. What am I doing to myself? And sometimes you, you carry on like she did. It's absolutely true. Until you roll an ankle or you're, they almost have to remove a piece of your ass. 
<laughs> Can you believe that? They almost had to cut off part of her That's butt. That's insane. Well, the, the, the shorts would fit if they did that, and to be, all, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the bad news is we took a chunk of your ass off. The good news is you can wear the shorts. Um, your car insurance is there for a reason, and it's compulsory. You need to have it, and it costs a lot of money to insure a vehicle these days. But is it clearly enough defined what that insurance coverage is? Here's why I'm asking. A woman is suing Geico, that's an insurance company, a major insurance company in America, for a million dollars. She hooked up with a guy in his, in his car. He gave her an STD. She says she ended up with HPV. After getting it on with this fucker in a 2014 Hyundai Genesis. What? Small car to be fucking in the backseat of, isn't it? I mean, that should be illegal. She admits they did not use protection, but she still thinks Geico should pay a million dollars because the guy has his car insured with Geico. So Geico, Geico has filed a lawsuit to have the whole thing dismissed and to make sure that they can't be sued for similar things in the future. They say car insurance only covers injuries that happen out of the ownership, maintenance, or use of the car. Unprotected sex does not fit into that category. They claim the two people involved are at fault for choosing to have unprotected sex. Mm -hmm. The judge hasn't ruled yet, but is there anything here that makes you think, hmm, it's not specifically mentioned in the policy that you can't fuck in the car or sue if you get an STD. It doesn't specifically say if you catch an STD, you can't file a claim. So is there something here? This bitch. Leave that little reptile, that sweet little reptile alone. Uh, it's so dumb. If we, we could sue all day, every day with the amount of things that just happen to be exempt from something, just because a certain specific thing isn't listed. It's common sense. This is someone obviously just like desperate for money, thinking maybe they'll be able to get away with it. It's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere. This was your choice. You fucked in a car, which is, again, you can go back to Friday's podcast and all the reasons why that's a bad idea. We had a great podcast about that in case you missed it. But in this case, this is a woman who's just trying to sue for anything. And, and I, would, I hope that they know this. You know, I hope they know this and they're just kind of rolling the dice, hoping for the best. Maybe they'll get a couple bucks to go away. Just such a loser. Such a loser. When I hear the story, that's all I think. And I'm glad that they sued, by the way. I'm glad that Geico will clear this up so that no other fucking moron does this. Okay, let me give you another example. Let's say. Driving down the street, they're operating their vehicle, which your insurance covers you for. Let's say she's giving him a handy there. And then they go over a speed bump and she accidentally like fucking rips his dick or something like that. <laughs> Maybe she she almost pulls his balls right off his body. You could probably make an injury claim for that. So why would having sex in a parked car be any different? No, I mean, you could you could do it for the actual body of the car you could definitely go through insurance if there's an issue with the body of the car because you went over the bump i am not because you chose to give the person a hand job in the vehicle which is not allowed i mean you're not supposed to two hands on the wheel and everybody else like buckled up not leaned over given a blowy i'm pretty sure everybody knows that that's a choice you make 
listen, while this is on the table in this conversation, and, and we'll circle back to this in a sec, let me just say, because this is a good opportunity to remind everyone, especially with Thanksgiving coming up, if you're going to give your partner a handy while you're driving, that's what you use the right lane for. You're going to stay in the right lane and you're going to drive the limit and you're not going to fuck around in the middle or the left lane because people have places to go. You go ahead and and come everywhere in your car if you want to do that. No, you're not going to fuck up traffic for everybody else just because you're a horny. So hand jobs, blow jobs, anything you do in the car, that's for the right lane only. There should be a better education process for that during driver's ed, by the way. I think that that's part of the curriculum that they should be teaching. Pull over right and get a, no, just pull over and get a fucking room. What are oh. you? Oh, okay, if you want to bring it back to let's be adults here, then yes, absolutely. Get a room, buy a home, uh, get an Airbnb, something. You shouldn't be doing that on the road anyway. But some people got to feed that need. And if you're going to do it, stay in the right lane. In this particular case, when we talked about it on our FM radio show today, somebody suggested If you drink and drive, insurance won't cover you. This is the same thing. You were doing something wrong here. So no, you shouldn't be compensated by insurance for this injury. I guess that would be considered an injury. Would it? Uh, Yeah. HPV? I don't know. Uh, No. There's a vaccine for that too, by the way. (laughs) I don't, I feel like injury implies, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if I, no, I wouldn't put it under that category. No. Okay, well, um, that's a fair point that that person texted us. But I do think, though, that uh, drinking and driving is a criminal charge, whereas porking in the backseat, that's not a criminal charge. And no charges were actually laid here anyway. So I do think, as bizarre as it sounds, and maybe they're going to have to start putting warning labels in the backseat of cars, that you're not covered if you catch an STD by this car's insurance. I do think they might go somewhere with this case. The judge may order Geico to pay. I don't think it's worth a million dollars, but they might order this insurance company to pay. I'll keep following this story, and when we get an update, I will let you know. Uh, we're low on time here. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else pressing that we should get to today? Um, I don't think so. I think there's a couple of things going down today that we could talk about tomorrow. Um, oh, yeah. W- one last thing I do want to mention just before we go, because I think this is super neat. Amazon has launched a new feature that allows you to send a gift to someone, Mm -hmm. even if you don't know their address. So you select the gifting option in the Amazon app, you check out and pay for it. And then when it comes to the shipping info, all you have to do is put in that person's email address or phone number. That person will get a notification saying, hey, Kat, you've received a gift from Scott. Click here to accept and enter your shipping information. That's perfect if you don't want to see somebody on their birthday or at Christmas. It's perfect if you don't know what to get somebody because the alternative there is they don't have to accept that gift. They can instead opt to receive an Amazon gift card instead. So let's say I see a neat little candle on Amazon and I think, ah, you know what? Cat loves fireball whiskey and that smells like cinnamon. I'm going to send Cat that candle. You'd get a notification that says, hey, Scott has sent you this gift. What do you think? Enter your shipping info and we'll send it right to you. You could enter your shipping info and it's great because I don't even know your address. Or you could say, "Mm, Scott's stupid. I don't like that. Uh, I'll just take the money instead. (laughs) 
And you could take a fucking gift card instead of the gift that I picked for you. Do you find out that I only take the gift card? Like, let's say that's the case and you actually put a lot of thought into it. And you got me that, you know, candle that smelled like something you thought that I would enjoy. And I was like, nah, fuck that. I don't like that. So I'm going to take a gift card. Do you get, do you find out or do they maybe just give me a gift card with the same denomination as was the candle? And that's the million dollar question. Cause I'd like to know if I say, I mean, like you said at the beginning, today is Dave Blizzard's birthday. I don't typically exchange gifts with Dave, but if I decided today, you know what? I'm going to send him a, a Yeti mug. You should send him like a wee vibe or something awkward. Oh, yeah, I should. I should. I'll send him sex toys. Yeah, he, uh, he doesn't have to accept it. He could take the gift card for the value of that wee vibe. Do I get to find out that he didn't like the gift and took the money instead? That's a great question, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Kind of curious. And that's a bit of a slap in the face, no? That's what I was thinking. Because if this was real life and you and I were doing a Christmas gift exchange, for example, and we were sitting close to each other in person and you gave me a gift, it's not like I'd be like, this is this scarf is nice, but I would have taken a gift card. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, fuck that. It's rude. So I feel like this is like the online version of it still being kind of rude. Being like, thanks, but no thanks. I, I don't know. I see this being good for a couple of different reasons. Um, and you mentioned some of them. Maybe it's a distant relative or someone you're not sure their address, but you want to get them a gift today. It's happening today. Holy shit. It's their birthday. I forgot. This is a great way to do it, right? Like here, boom, it's yours. Just enter your shipping info all on your own and you're going to get it and happy birthday. But there's a lot of ways that it's kind of weird too. Like I'm not sure what audience they're trying to gear towards because if all you need is a phone number or an email address. Could we be just giving this to random people whose email address we happen to have on, you know, and find on websites and or, or social media? It, it, then it gets kind of weird. And then it feels scammy. If I received something, for example, that was like, oh, okay, you got this from this person. And, and it was a legitimate gift. I would think it's bullshit. I, I feel like this is made up, sir. I'm not entering my information. I hope that there's a system of verifying that it actually is from Amazon and not some scam to try and steal your money or your personal info. And I'm sure they've thought of that. So hopefully it works out to be a fairly seamless process. Either way, it's the rejection that I'm worried about. Like, oh, hey, I thought you'd like this. Mm, no, I don't. Yeah, it's all, it makes things really awkward if you're like, no, I don't actually. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> yeah, it was a good thought, but you're fucking dumb. Don't, don't do that again. <laughs> like, shit. That's hard. Uh, <laughs> but you okay, know what guys. I would do, though? Just side note real quick. I think it actually would be funny, though, to do that to a good friend of yours. Like, I would purposely, knowing I'd give you a gift card because you'd pick a gift card, get you something fucked up, like a wee vibe. But knowing full well, you'll, you'll opt for the gift card. That'd and be I might funny, do that, too. Right? Yeah, just that, go completely outrageous. Yes, just something so stupid. Like, here's that, you know stripper pole you wanted. Just kidding. I know you'll opt for this gift card instead. That's where it could get kind of funny. I'm totally sending you a stripper pole to yeah. see if you accept it. <laughs> well, be careful what you order. Uh, before we go, this will take 30 seconds, I promise, and then we're done. Uh, you sent me a very interesting tweet this morning. It's hashtag expose Pfizer. It is a bunch of what they say are Pfizer scientists that are breaking their non-disclosure agreement to tell us some of the inner workings of Pfizer. And one of the things that the Pfizer scientists seem to agree on is that natural immunity to COVID-19 is stronger, more effective, and longer-lasting 
than the antibodies you get from the vaccine. It's an interesting take. I don't know how legit it is, but it's certainly worth watching because it does have some really good info in there. They don't seem to say that there's anything wrong with the vaccine or that you shouldn't take the vaccine. Their only point is that if you've already had COVID, you've probably got better antibodies now than you would if you had just gotten the vaccine. Right. Were you impressed with what they were saying? Did you buy it? Did you like it? So I, uh, okay, we're going to do this here. Sure. Um, So I, I am not, nothing that was said, like you said, was shocking about the vaccine itself. But the interesting part about it is when, when it comes to this vaccine certificate that everywhere across the world is either considering or thinking about, maybe they've already implemented, whatever. The interesting part about that is that you need to have had the vaccine, both doses in order to have that, you know, to be, you know, to get your golden ticket in to sit at that restaurant here in Ontario, for example, that's what you got to have. Well, if this is true and Pfizer would be the type to maybe like, like, you know, downplay this information that the antibodies you receive by, by actually having COVID are greater if, for sure, or at least the same as, then why is that? Why can't that be proof? Why can't you prove you've had COVID in order to get in and sit down at those restaurants, as an example? So that's where I do hope that we have a little more of an investigative, legitimate study rather than just some people at a restaurant dining out, scientists who didn't talk like the scientists I would assume would would talk. By the way, did you yeah. pay attention to that? Because I did. Like I did, like watch. Yeah, like, there was whole, a like interview. I mean, I'm not saying scientists have to be like a stick up the butt kind of person, but that. Kind of threw me and made me go, huh? So, like you said, if there is a legitimate legitimacy to it, then I would like to know more. I hope that there's more in terms of an investigation into that. And if so, then we need to rethink this. I think it's worth looking at. And on that, we will say thanks, everybody. Have an amazing Tuesday. We'll have another edition, probably a shorter one, tomorrow, right around this time. Uh, Have a great day, and thanks for downloading. Facebook and Instagram were hit by a massive outage and stopped working for millions of users. Facebook was only down for a day, and in that short time, everyone got the vaccine. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Amazing how that happened. I don't know. About 29 million Americans watched Tom Brady return to play the team that cast him aside. It was the second most watched Sunday night football game ever. Brady and the Bucks managed to win it on a missed field goal. And despite a, a warm ovation from the fans... Tom got booed a lot during the game. After the game, they asked him how he felt about the boos. He said he couldn't hear them because he had three Super Bowl rings in each ear. And it's... Two scientists were just awarded the Nobel Prize in medicine for discovering the receptors that let humans feel temperature and touch. Meanwhile, the scientists who saved millions of lives by creating the COVID vaccine were like, yeah, that deserves a Nobel Prize. The stove's hot. Way to go, guys. Yeah. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.